Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 270. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Welcome back to this week's episode. Hey, I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have an exciting guest on the podcast, and that is Antoine Martel. Antoine is a young professional, real estate investor, and entrepreneur. He got started investing in real estate in his college dorm room across the country, investing in single-family turnkey rental properties. With a portfolio of over 100 single-family homes and counting, and now several syndications in the works, Antoine helps new and seasoned investors realize their financial goals. His proven real estate investment strategies have enabled countless clients throughout California and the rest of the country to realize passive income and financial freedom through out-of-state turnkey rental properties. His company, Martel Turnkey, has sold well over $10 million of cash-flowing real estate. So today I'm excited to bring on Antoine, talk about the systems and processes that he has used and implemented and built over the course of a few years to help him invest out-of-state. So I'm excited to bring on Antoine. Let's jump right into this week's episode. All right, today, welcome on the show, our good friend, Antoine Martel. Antoine, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, Antoine, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, your background, your long, illustrious career in real estate investing, (laughs) all that good stuff? Yeah, a long four years, huh? Um, My name is Antoine Martel. I'm 24 years old. I live in Los Angeles. I've been investing in real estate for the last four to five years didn't come from a family of real estate or anything like that, which is what a lot of people think. My brother actually dragged me and my dad to like a real estate seminar where they teach you how to like flip houses and analyze deals, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We were super intrigued by that. And we're like, all right, hell yeah, we're going to go flip houses in LA. And we lived in San Francisco at the time. We're going to flip houses in the Bay Area. We tried that for about six months until we were like, holy shit, it's 800,000 bucks for a teardown property. And then you have to spend, you know, 500 grand on renovate, you know, building a new build, whatever. And it was just way too much money. And we only had, we looked at our bank account. We're like, we only have 40 grand. Why are we doing this? You know, we're going to make, <laughs> we're going to make, do all this work and like do a one year project and make like 20 grand at the end of the day, because there's all these other people that we have to pay. Right. So like the hard money lender, the yeah. realtor to list the house who makes more than us at the end of the day. Um, <laughs> so it was like, all right, this strategy doesn't really make sense, but we tried it for six months. Then we were like, all right, let's go to the middle of California. And we tried looking at stuff there. And then we were like, maybe let's do some rental properties there. And then things still didn't make sense. There was no cash flow. The landlord tent laws here in California were not good either. So, uh, you know, after like about a year of just trying and testing stuff in California, we finally were like, all right, we need to go out of state. It's the only place that makes sense. 
And like with our budget of 40,000 bucks, it was the only place where we can actually go and buy a property, right? Mm-hmm. So what we ended up doing was I just started researching all different markets across the country. Where were people investing? Where were the jobs going? Population? What were the price to rent ratios for the markets? All that kind of stuff. And I landed on Memphis, Tennessee as being one of those top markets for that kind of thing, for single family home rental properties. Yeah. Okay. And then I took my dad's 40 grand, went to Memphis, bought a house for like 35 grand, renovated it for five grand, and then did a cash out refinance with a credit union and pulled all the money out and gave it to my dad and was like, hey, I can keep doing this because this was my last semester at university. So, and I didn't want to go and get a job and work for anybody else. So, I was like, hey, I can keep doing this after I graduate. You just got to pay for my living expenses for, give me six months and let me try to figure this thing out. And uh, he did, he agreed to it. And I graduated in May. And then by the end of that year, we had like 10 single family homes in Memphis, all cash flowing, all finance, all that kind of stuff. Just small little renovation projects. It was just playing the numbers and kept using the same credit union, same contractors, et cetera. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So I have to interrupt you real quick and kind of ask you, you know, where's your drive coming from as a college student, <laughs> about, you know, trying to buy investment properties across the country? I know yeah. what my, my mindset was my last semester in college and it was not pedal to the metal. It was definitely interesting. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what's going on in your mind and why you're so motivated. Yeah, man. I don't know. I think it was, so I was born in Canada. We came here to the US in 2000. So I pretty much spent my whole life here, but you know, my, I saw my dad have to work to get us a citizenship and all that kind of stuff here in the US. Uh-huh. And it was kind of like, he was always stuck in this job kind of thing. And okay. like, he could never get out of it. And like, he had to keep on working in order to pay for the bills in the Bay Area, because it was ridiculous. But he was always like, you know, he always wanted to get out and he was working like 100, 120 hour weeks, doing like project management for like software companies and stuff like that. And he was just working his ass off and then like all of his money would go to living expenses pretty much. And it was like, this is so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And then all the money that he had left over to invest, you know, would go to the stock market or other stuff. Cause then he didn't have any time to manage to like put in the work to actually make your portfolio have a good return. So I think like that's part of my motivation was like trying to get my dad out of that job. He never wanted to work for anybody else. He was an entrepreneur at heart as well, but he just kind of got stuck in this rat race in order to move us to the US. And then it was like, all right, now I got, you know, my house is worth a million bucks. I got to pay for the mortgage and blah, 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 blah. And then mm-hmm. he could, he yeah. was like, all right, I'm stuck. And so that was his life for the last 30 years. So while I was at university, I was like, damn, I really don't want to get into a, my dad's cycle. I want to go and do my own thing. I want to, and also help my dad and parents get out of that rat race. And so that's the main goal of my main motivation was doing that. And actually, my dad quit his job in May of this year, 2019. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. So he quit and now he's working with us full time on the turnkey business and all the apartment buildings. It's almost that rich dad, poor dad philosophy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here you True. are, last semester in college, you take $40,000 of your dad's money, you go out and you buy a single family property in yeah. Memphis. Tell us how you settled on Memphis, <laughs> why, how yeah. you managed that project, and then, you know, of course, stuff took off from there. So share sure. your journey there. Yeah, yeah. So the way that I found Memphis was just doing research on a bunch of cities in the US, probably like the top 100 cities, right? Mm-hmm. And figuring out the population growth, job growth, major employers, the diversity of the workforce, 
And then most importantly, the price, the median home price and the median rent price for the entire city. And that would give you a price to rent ratio. And we were looking for like around a 1% price to rent ratio. So for a $100,000 home, we wanted median rents to be a thousand bucks. And that was our goal for the markets. And a lot of markets in the US don't hit that. They may be like hit 0.7 or 0.8, but that's pretty good on a market overall basis. So those are the things that I looked for. And Memphis was off the charts on the price to rent ratio. It wasn't that great on job growth and population growth, but at least they were stable and people yes. weren't leaving the city, you know? Yeah. And also then with the major employers like FedEx, headquarters was there. It's the second largest cargo airport in the world because of FedEx. Amazon was building some warehouses, Nike distribution facilities, all that kind of stuff. It was kind of, it was good to see that those major players were there because it meant in my mind that other major players would come because they were already set up and had the infrastructure. Sure. Yeah. So that's really why we landed on Memphis. And then also there was a couple of big fish doing stuff in Memphis too. So I knew that it could be done and be done at scale. So I was like, damn, if these guys can buy 20 houses a month, I can sure as hell buy one, you know, <laughs> right? So like the deals were there, the inventory was there. It was obviously making sense for somebody else to do that much volume. So that's why I was like, all right, we got to do this. And this market will make sense for what we're trying to do, which was grow a rental property portfolio to help retire my parents. So one of the things you probably had to do from the very get-go is obviously underwrite to having property management manage these assets yeah. across the country for you, you know, kind of make it a very remote investment strategy. So yeah. talk about how you did that. Yeah. So building the team, yeah, is definitely the most important part of it. You can find houses all day long on Zillow, you know, go type any city USA and you can run numbers and make them work. But the hard part is having the team on the ground to make that deal successful. So what I did is I went to just typed in Google property management Memphis and called all the property management companies. I then went to Zillow and went and just typed in a zip code that I liked in Memphis and went to all the top agents and just started cold calling them while my last semester at university. So I moved all my classes from like 5 to 10 p.m. And then I was just cold calling all day long and we called a couple hundred agents, all the property management companies. And, you know, my pitch was, hey, I'm a real estate investor from California. I want to buy some <laughs> properties, renovate them, rent them out. And then I want you guys to manage them, like to talk to the property management company. But I just need help getting the property from unlivable to livable so that you guys can make money. And I'm looking to do a house a month. I just need to want to test it off slowly and then slowly we can scale up. So kind of like giving them the a long-term vision dollar sign. It's not like I'm going to buy a house and walk away. It's like, I want to scale a business with you guys. So that was kind of my pitch. And it worked after 250 phone calls and finally just picked up the phone with the right agent and he knew what the hell he was talking about. And then he connected us with a property management company, a contractor, and then he helped manage the project for us. Yeah. That team is so critical as you alluded to, like you can, yeah. you can find deals all over the country, right? And the numbers look well and you know, the yeah, rent yep. to value ratios are there and a little cash flow, but really having those boots on the ground, those people that manage the day to day is really oh, where yeah. the deal is either made or broken essentially. Yep. yep. 100%. I, still just, I still just can't get over how driven you are. I'm just picturing you in your dorm room, like transitioning all your classes to the evening so you can cold call Literally, all day long. Dude. Like, man, I wish I had the drive when I was 22 years old. Like, And that. I mean, I was up at 7am too, because it was like living in a dorm room, right? So then you had like your dorm mate and you were, guys were sleeping in the same room. So it was like two beds, you know? <laughs> I know. And yeah. he would wake up at seven to go to class. And I was like, shit, I might as well get up too. And then I didn't have school or anything. It was just like, I need to figure this thing out. And it was just exciting. Like 
me doing all that stuff and like actually getting traction with like finding new markets and doing all the data analysis and like finding a new neighborhood and oh i wonder what new properties are listed today i was just like addicted to doing it and i knew that it could be done because also that last semester i was like networking my ass off on bigger pockets i was on there every day just like commenting on people's posts or like messaging people saying hey i live in la do you want to get coffee sometime to like somebody that had done a deal out of state yeah sure. and i would just go and like take these people to coffee or lunch or whatever and a couple of those people like now are investing in my apartment buildings and they're you know like i just kept a whole big list of people that i was networking with and a lot of them have done business with me over the years now and it was just super fun and i was addicted to it and after i learned a little bit and listened to all the bigger pockets podcasts then i started like giving value to other people and then people started trying to reach out to me to go to lunch. And I was like, I haven't even done a deal yet. But people want to just learn what I know because I you know, had just been studying so much about real estate and out-of-state investing, et cetera. Yeah. So past that very first deal, you get it under contract, you get the renovation done. Assume you, that went all well or yeah. um, with the regular hiccups, right? You get it rented and you think like, all right, great. I did that deal. You returned your money to your dad, said, you want to keep doing this thing. So tell us about how you grew and scaled that turnkey business. Essentially. Yeah. So it was with that same 40,000 bucks. So we did like, yeah, the first deal was completed, cashed out, did another deal, cashed out. And then I was like, okay, how can we scale this? We can't just keep, this is going to be too slow because you know you put money in a couple months later, it comes back out. So it was just too slow. So I was like, we need to do multiple projects at a time. How can we do that with just 40 grand? So I started raising money and meeting up with people on bigger pockets and pitching them the idea of investing with us out of state. So, hey, here's this house, it's 40 grand, we're gonna renovate it for five grand. You come in with 40 grand, I'll come in with five grand, and then we'll split the profits or I'll pay you a 12% interest rate, you know, whenever we, the project finishes. And so like incentivize them to make the deal worth their while too. So then I started raising, cause I was like, all right, if I have 40 grand, I can put four or five grand into each project. So I can do like eight to 10 houses at any given time. And so that's kind of what my mindset was. So then I was like, I just need to find the money to raise it. I already had like a proof of concept because we had done like a couple deals at that point. So I made case studies for the past couple deals we had done. And then I made deals that we had under contract, little one pagers. And then I just, you know, went to a bunch of meetings and all those people that I networked with over the last year, I just started blasting emails off to them as well and said, Hey, I actually did it. And here it is. And then now I have another deal. Do you want to come partner up with me? And so that's how we were able to scale from like doing one house with our own money to doing like 10 houses at a time. Yeah. So what's that business look like for you today? Are you still in a turnkey business? Or are you still operating that and then yeah, yeah. going in the same market there? Yeah. So that like single family home portfolio that we just started to do on our own has scaled up now to a turnkey business. So the reason why it scaled up is once we had like the 10 single family homes in Memphis, people started reaching out to us, like our family. Hey, we want to invest in real estate. We want to buy rental properties. How the hell did you guys do this? And like, yeah. why Memphis? And what the hell? How are you managing everything from here? And so just through like normal word of mouth, people started reaching out to us. Hey, we want to buy some rentals. How much does it cost? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, cool. Now we can, instead of refinancing, we'll just... So I'll go buy a house, renovate it rent it out and then resell it to somebody who wants to just have the cash flow. I'll help them get financing, insurance, and then I'll give them the property management company and just all the same people that I use to make it easy for everybody. And so that's kind of when the turnkey business then started because I was like, holy shit, people actually want to buy this stuff and there's a business for it and a market for it. And 
you know, people trust us, obviously. So we started selling stuff to friends and family. I made a little website called martelfamilyrealty.com where we literally just posted properties that we had under construction and people would, you know, express interest through the website. That eventually evolved into martelturnkey.com, which is what we have today. And now we do over 100 homes a year. So we do like anywhere from 8 to 10 homes a month that we're buying. We still do Memphis a little bit. The market's kind of tightened up there for the single families. So we do a lot in Cleveland, Ohio now for the single family turnkeys. Another good cash flowing market from what I understand. Yep. So what kind of differences are there in your business from the time when you were doing just a few deals a year to now when you're doing 100 deals a year? Does it look drastically different? Did you just scale up, grow the same team, grow the same model? What's that look like for you? Yeah, scaled up a bunch. Because the first year or two was just me by myself. My dad had a full-time job. My brother was a full-time realtor. So there wasn't much, you know, they were helping me when they can and when they could with the business. But again, they both had other lives. So I was kind of running the thing from nine to five. Well, no, from like seven to 10 PM. (laughs) All hours of the day. Yeah. So that's how it was. And then once like the thing actually got some velocity, then I was like, all right, we need to like, I can't keep doing this. We need to like set up systems in place because we didn't have many systems. So we got a CRM and we just like paid for a good CRM called Zoho CRM. That's what we use for all of our management stuff. And so then that keeps track of all of our projects, all the different stages they're in. It sets up automation emails and all that stuff for like insurance or property management, letting them know we sold the house. And so it sets up all the automation, all the emails that I used to do by hand have been like 80% of them have been automated. And then January of this year, 2019, I, my brother came and joined the company full time. So now he handles all the acquisitions and all that kind of stuff. And then in May, like I said, we, my dad quit his job and joined the company. And then also earlier this year, we hired like a sales manager. So she manages all the, the properties going out of the pipeline. So she'll handle like all the client relationships and contract stuff and working with the escrow company to manage all the properties that are going out of the pipe. So yeah, definitely built the team to help handle the 100 properties a year. For sure, it was needed. Yeah, it's awesome that you've made this a family business as well. And from the early days of, you know, first taking on friends and family's money, that's probably pretty rewarding to be able to, you know, yeah. be able to kind of see that grow into what it is today. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I've never used hard money to this date. I've always used friends and family or people that I've networked with. I just rather pay Bill for the 50 grand that he has in his bank account than pay some rich guy in a hard money company with, you know, 5 million bucks. And, you know, I'd rather just pay somebody's 401k, you know, account 500 bucks a month instead of paying somebody else. So yeah, for me, it always made sense. And it was always better for the word of mouth, to be honest. Like I'd rather have 100 investors who I'm paying 12% a year, so 1% a month, et cetera. And then they go and say, oh my God, this company is now paying me all this interest, blah, blah, blah. And it's super easy. And they haven't missed a payment. You should really go and connect with them. But hard money lender is not going to refer me out to people, et cetera. So you know, it's kind of started a word of mouth marketing for the business as well, just by like bringing in people's small chunks of money and paying them interest on their money. It's helped grow the business as well. Yeah, sure. Well, Antoine, you've been doing this for four or five years now, but you're still a relatively young guy. So do yeah. you think that's played to your advantage, disadvantage, any kind of hurdles you've had to overcome? I think it's played to my advantage, I would say. I don't see I like a, the perspective. <laughs> I don't see a way where it was a disadvantage. I think one of the advantages is that I have no responsibilities, I guess. So like for example, if somebody wanted to come and do exactly what I was doing 
and they were much older than me, 35, 45, and they had, you know, a family and a dog and, you know, all these other responsibilities. For me, it's by myself and I don't have any pets or anything. So I have nothing to take care of. So I can fly around the country all day long and check up on projects and stuff. I don't have anything or anybody to take care of. So I think that that's an advantage. I also think that like when I was going and networking a lot, when I first started, people were kind of blown away by how much I knew and that I was actually having success out of state when people had been trying it for years and just didn't have success or never pulled the trigger. They were kind of blown away that, you know, 22, 23 year old guy was doing it and actually had success. And so I think that that like also encouraged, you know, helps spark the word of all goes back to marketing. So help spark the word of mouth too. Like, Oh my God, I met this this guy yesterday and he's 23 and he has 10 houses in Memphis and he started with this and like, you know, it's a way better story than, Oh yeah, this 45 year old guy started with 200 grand and now he has a portfolio like duh, you yeah, know? So right, right. I think it helped and it was, you know, worked in my advantage because a lot of people were blown away and they still are today with how much has happened over the last couple of years. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, when you're talking about, well, I, let's back up here. It sounds like sure. your background's kind of a analytics, data-driven. Sounds like you really like the numbers. Is that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, I love math. It was my favorite class for sure. Okay. Well, yeah. you know, when you're looking at new markets and looking at properties, what are some metrics? What are some things you're really looking for? You kind of alluded to some of the quantitative yeah. and qualitative features of a new market. Let's talk more specifically about the deal. What kind of numbers are you looking for? Good there? question. Yeah, so we look for... Like if there's a couple of things we look for now that we're in the turnkey business. So for every deal that we analyze, we want there to be two things. We want there to be, if we aren't able to sell the property on our website, for whatever reason, people don't like the tree in the front yard, then we want to be able to keep it and refinance that property. And we want to try to pull out as much cash as we possibly can. So only leaving like five to 10 grand in the deal. So that's one piece of analytics that we look at for the deal. Because if we can pull out and refinance a ton of that money based on the comps, then our return is going to be out of this world, like a 50% cash. Possibly cash infinite if you can pull Possibly. out all of your, all yeah. of your capital. Right? Yep. Yeah. And our goal is just to leave a couple thousand bucks in the deal. And if so, then great. Something else that we look for then is to sell it on the turnkey website. We want to make a certain dollar amount in profit and a certain mm -hmm. percentage in profit. So that's just a numbers-based thing that we look for. And then also for selling it on the turnkey website, there's a certain return that we want to make for our clients, which is normally like a 16% cash on cash return and like around a 9% cap rate. So we also have to look at like, if we sell the property for 80 grand, there has to be comps to support it. And then it also must generate a 16% return minimum, 15% return minimum for our investors. So there's like all those three different things that go into it to kind of make sure that the deal works. Yeah, that's really cool because like, let's take me, for example, a potential investor. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a single family rental property. Yeah. Option A, I could go out to the MLS, you know, search, you know, Google, whatever market I want, find yeah. a property on Zillow, buy it. That's great. And I could use Realtor and they're going to say, you know, help steward the transaction, if you will, but they're not going to yeah. exactly be able to tell me what my percentage return is going to be. Now, nope. option B... <laughs> I go to Antoine and I say, hey, you know, I, I see you've got four properties in Memphis on your website. Yeah. Property A is showing a 16% return. And you know the details behind those numbers. So you've got exactly. some investor-friendly metrics and you know why that property is going to generate that, you know, yeah. property management in place, setting aside, you know, contingencies for maintenance and CapEx and all that good stuff. So yeah. that's one benefit of going through a turnkey provider like yourself. 
Yeah. Yeah. And also like we have a whole team on the ground too. And that's the biggest, you know, going back to the biggest thing is like finding the team on the ground. The benefit of using a turnkey company, I think there's two main things. You get access to that whole team on the ground and our team is third party. So it's not like under my umbrella or anything. You're literally just getting referred off to guys that I've been using the last five years. So that's a great plus. The other plus with the turnkey over like doing it yourself or doing the burr is it takes way less cash to buy a turnkey than to do like a burr or to do it yourself. The reason why... Let's dive into that real quick. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the reason why is because when you're doing a burr in this kind of price point, it gets very expensive because a lot of in the like 80 to $100,000 ARB where the properties are very high cash flow, it's hard to go out and get hard money for these kinds of loans because hard money lenders normally have like a 50 or $75,000 loan minimum. So a lot of 90% of hard money lenders are going to be off the board. Some lenders will do like a 50,000 or $40,000 loan, but then they have a minimum points fee, which is like 2,500 bucks. So now you're getting a $40,000 loan, you're paying 2,500 in points, you know, like there goes 20, 25% of the profit or the pullout that you were expecting. Yeah. So that's one thing. So then you're kind of forced into using your own cash. So then to do one of these projects, let's say you buy a house for like 50 grand, you renovate it for 10 grand, you're all in for 60 grand. And let's say you think it's worth 70 or 80 after. If that appraisal doesn't come back good, then you're screwed and your 60 grand is kind of lost money. You may be able to pull out some of it, but you may be left with like 30 or 20 grand stuck in a house that's worth 80. And now you look at the numbers and all the time that it took, and it would have been better just to go and buy a turnkey. So the benefit of using a going through the turnkey route is that the bank is going to finance you right up front. If the appraisal comes back horrible, you can walk away from the deal. And normally to buy one of these turnkey rentals, you put 20% down and then there's a couple thousand bucks in closing costs. So normally our clients are all in for like around $20,000 cash and it's much faster. There's no risk. There's no contractor risk, no property management risk. Everything's already been handled and done for you. And you get like this set return, whereas you're kind of just shooting for the stars and using way more cash to do it, you know, do the burr. So your point here is really the amount and type of debt you can place on a turnkey property, this long-term fixed rate traditional mm-hmm. debt where you know put your traditional 20-25% down payment and yep. it's very black and white, easy for banks to lend on. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense from that aspect, definitely. Yeah. And then like also you can get 80% financing with a single family home out of state for doing cash out refinances. Most banks will only do 70 to 75%. Right. Which a lot of people run their numbers at 80 and they're expecting like an ARV of a hundred when the thing's only worth 80. And now it's like, you're going to waste six months of your life and all this money and like hoping you get it out and hoping your team goes like, there's a lot of risk with the using a new team in a new market and never have done a refinance before. There's a lot of risk. I've just seen it happen so many times where people came to me and wanted to buy a turnkey and they're like, actually, I'm going to do it myself. I get a phone call six months later, dude, who do you use for refinances? Uh, why? Well, we got the appraisal back and it didn't come back so good. And I'm like, I told you so, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there is a lot of risk investing in real estate. If you don't know what you're doing, you know, you can easily hedge that risk by educating yourself, partnering with somebody who's educated themselves, partnering with somebody who's done it before. So those are all great ways. That's essentially what you're doing when you're buying a turnkey property is you're leveraging the experience of yourself, Antoine, and your team that you've established and, you know, kind of building upon those systems and processes and all that good stuff that you've 
you've established in that potential new market to me. Agree. Well, I agree. now that you've got this turnkey real estate investment business going, it sounds like you've kind of started to expand into other stuff. So tell us about what you're doing. Sure. So we, yeah, over the last year, we've been buying some apartment buildings and moving into that kind of space. Actually, today we buy a 16 unit in Memphis, Tennessee. So it's a big day. Uh, it's awesome. actually two plots of or two doors down from the first apartment building that I ever bought. Okay. Which was back in December, about a year ago. We bought a 20 unit building in Memphis. Just a couple of weeks ago, we bought a 24 unit. A couple of months ago, we bought an 11 unit. So we've slowly been using our cash to get into these larger and larger buildings. Just more scale to them. There's more leverage. And you can also do like, it's pretty much a burr on a much larger scale. Yeah. But it's much safer than the residential space because you actually have some cash flow coming in and it doesn't matter if you can refinance it or not. So we've been yeah, doing some larger apartment buildings. We've got that 20 unit, 11 unit, 24 unit. And then today we close on a 16 unit all in the same neighborhood in Memphis, Tennessee. And yeah, it's been working really well for us. That's awesome. So are you still using that same capital raising strategy of going to friends and family and those that original kind of network of investors, if you will? Yep. So the first two deals, exactly the same story. So just with a different product. So we did the first two buildings ourselves, the 20 unit and the 11 unit to test it out, to show people to have a case study, right? Built the case study, then started sending it to friends and family instead, because now I had a list and said, hey, we've been buying apartment buildings. Look at what we did. 60% returns. Woohoo. You want to get involved in the next one? Sign up for our email list. People signed up for the email list. Now we have new deals under contract and we started sending them packages. Hey, you want to invest in the next building? Hey, you want to invest? And then so all the 24 unit, which we bought a couple of weeks ago, was the first one that we had raised money for. Went really well. They're just guys that I met a couple of years ago through networking. So great. This 16 unit today was from friends and family, people I've met along the way as well. And yeah, we bring in like a couple of investors who come in with normally like hundred to $200,000 each and they come and just partner up with us. So no syndication or anything like that. It's just people I've met along the way or friends and family that have some cash they want to invest in the apartment buildings, didn't really want to do the turnkey side. Yeah, that's great. So what are your goals with all this, Antoine? Are you going to continue doing the turnkey stuff? Are you shifting focus exclusively to apartment buildings? What's the trajectory look like? Yes, good question. So I want to continue to buy apartment buildings. They just are huge cash suckers. They took a lot of money. Like even the 11 unit that we bought, I mean, it cost me 450 grand in cash to do the deal. So with the renovation and all the down payment and all that kind of stuff, it's really expensive to do these apartment buildings. And it sucks a lot of cash. So we're going to keep buying apartments, but do it at a slow and steady pace and slowly scale it up. The turnkey business, yeah, we're going as hard as we can. We did 100 homes this year. We'll be right under 100 homes this year, I think. And then next year, we're hoping to do like 120 to 150 homes. So yeah, continue to scale the business slowly and then slowly use that cash to buy apartment buildings and to partner up with people on the apartments as well. Yeah, that's great. So what are your future goals for all this? Are you going to, you know, do you want to hit a certain number of units? What's your kind of end goal here? So my goal this year was 100 single family homes or 100 turnkeys and then 100 units of apartments. And so I think we're at like right around 80 apartments and then we're going to do just shy of 100 single family homes this year. So next year, I would like to do another 100 units of apartments and then do 150 single family homes. That's what my goal is. 
That's awesome. Man, yeah. that's exciting to see your journey starting out from that dorm room, you know, searching <laughs> markets, finding Memphis, Tennessee, doing this proof of concept, finding that first house. Such a cool story. Here you are a few years later, four or five years later, doing 100 plus houses, almost 100 plus apartments a year. So super awesome stuff, super inspiring to a lot of people out there. Now, people might be thinking, well, I don't know. Antoine just got luckier. I don't know. I didn't start when I was in college. Do you think what you've done is uh, replicable to many people out there? A million percent. You can do it. Anybody can do what I do. It's just you have to take action and it takes a lot of time. You know, like I studied and studied real estate and networked for two years before I ever did that first deal, right? So it's just people don't want to put in that time. And whether that's real estate or doing Shopify or drop shipping, it takes uh, everybody just sees the YouTube videos with a million hits and they're like, I can do that in one weekend. And it's like, no, this person put in years and years of practice and failing and messing up to be able to post that video of their sales or their apartment building that they're doing, right? So it takes time to do whatever you want to do. It's going to take a couple of years of practice and learning, but eventually, you know, you can get there if you if you put in the work. So it's definitely definitely possible for anybody to mimic what I've done in the amount of time that I've done. It just takes a lot of hard work at the beginning to set it all up. Yeah, absolutely. Good yeah. stuff. Well, Antoine, hey, we've got a lightning round we'd like to wrap up with before we end for the day. You up for it? Yep. All right, cool. So the first question in the lightning round is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? I think the biggest hurdle was figuring out how the hell I can invest in real estate with 40 grand mm-hmm. or my dad's 40 grand. And it's still a really hard challenge that a lot of people face today too. It's like, you always get hit with all this different information like, oh, I want to flip houses. Now I want to wholesale. And people try to make it all sexy online. But you know, at the end of the day, it's just it's a business that you're trying to start. So I think that trying to figure out that strategy was the hardest thing. And it took me two years to figure out the strategy. How I overcame it was just through networking and asking a million people how they got started and listening to their stories over and over and over again. And biggerpockets.com, the podcast is a great way to like learn about people's stories or other podcasts like this too, where they just interview from zero to one. How the hell did you get started? Just listen to that story over and over and over again. And that helped me a lot too. Yeah, I love it. Well, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? I would say waking up every day and everybody wakes up with stuff to do, right? But then once they either delay those things or procrastinate them because there's not much on their plate, so they'll wake up at 8 a.m. and they're like, oh, I don't have many emails. I only have 25 emails. So I'll just do them later. But for me, it's always been get all my stuff done that I need to. And then I can focus on doing other things or moving the business forward. So I'll always wake up you know, 7 or 8 a.m., handle all my tasks that I need to get done for that day. And that may take me to like 10 or 11 sometimes a.m. And then I'll just work on, okay, what's next for the business? How can I, you know, thinking in the future, what can I do today to help take me to the next step? And if you do that every day for two years, there's a lot of stuff that you can get done and handle. Yeah. Just always moving that needle, right? Yep. Every day. Awesome. Well, Antoine, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day? In my day-to-day, Zoho CRM is probably the best one that we use. And then I would say for a lot of people getting started, biggerpockets.com, the forums and the networking on there is, is great. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll link both of those. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Bigger Pockets. If you haven't, go check it out, create a profile, jump in there. It's a whole new world. And then if you're in this world of CRM stuff, Zoho, 
So we'll link both of those in the show notes if our audience members want to check those out. Antoine, do you have a book you recommend to the listeners? Yeah, I have a. I wrote a book actually. What's your uh, So it's called The Millennial's Guide to Investing in Cash Flowing Rentals. So it's kind of how I found my market, how I built my team, how I chose my neighborhood, how I grew my portfolio, how I funded it, all that kind of stuff is all in there. Pretty much a step by step guide with a ton of information and links in there as well. So if for your listeners, I'll give it to them for free. They can go to free.martelantoine.com and go and pick up the book for free up there. Awesome. Great. We'll definitely link that in the show notes. That's free.martelantoine.com. How about another book that was inspirational? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I had to plug it. Oh, that's it. good. Uh, I mean, obviously, you got to plug yours. but There's another one, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which you mentioned earlier. Of course, everybody needs to read that. And then David Alt, Multifamily Millions will kind of uh, show a lot of people the benefits of investing in apartment buildings and the scale when you're doing a value-add apartment buildings. Awesome. Great. Thanks. So we'll link all those in the show notes. Last question in the lightning round, Antoine, if you were to go back and give advice, I asked this question to everybody, to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell yourself? You did that, but anything different? Yeah, I would have just skipped all the fancy bullshit pretty much. And what does that mean? The fancy bullshit meaning flipping million-dollar homes in LA and Mm. the HDTV, all that kind of stuff that you see is great. But when you look at the... Those numbers are... BS because they don't include the financing costs and all that kind of stuff. So when I watch the show now, it's laughable. But I would say like just going and doing the out-of-state stuff right away, looking at my budget and looking at what I can afford within that budget. So it was either pretty much wholesaling properties or buying rentals out of state. Those should have been my two options. Yeah. I should I tried wholesaling here in California, realized I was, you know my 40 grand would have been gone in two months just on marketing spend before I got anything. So I think then I would have just gone to the right to the out of state side of things and just skip over all the fancy stuff that everybody's making popular, which is the flip, in my opinion, is the flipping the high-end homes in California. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Antoine, hey, it's been great. Your story's super inspirational, but you're such a relatable guy and anybody out there listening can obviously see how they could go out, replicate your success, do what you're doing. It just takes some drive, some determination, yep. some hard work, all those other good buzzwords, right? But <laughs> if somebody's interested in kind of learning more about what you're doing, either through the turnkey stuff or wants to reach out and connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that? Instagram is probably the best way. So you can find me there at Martel Antoine. I post a lot of free content every single day, just about what I'm learning, cut up little podcast episodes like this and post them there as well. So tons of free stuff and try to post there daily on my story and on posting as well. So you can stay up to date there. And also you can feel free to DM me. I try to get back to everybody. Awesome. Great. That's Martel Antoine on Instagram. We'll link your social media profile. Hey, Antoine, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for giving our listeners that free copy of your book. Of course. Before we wrap up, anything you'd like to leave with our audience members? Any parting piece of advice, words of wisdom? Yeah, the last thing is what I say on all the time is just like I mentioned, just match your resources with the strategy that makes them the most sense today for you. So your goal may be to do apartment buildings and do 500 units of apartment buildings and to be Grant Cardone, but you may not have 10 million bucks in the bank. So you may want to start within your budget. What the hell can you do with your 20 or 40 or 50 grand today or five grand? And what can you do and what can you start doing right now to that's going to lead you on that path? And it could be wholesaling. It could be working for somebody else in the real estate industry because you have no money. 
but just get started and get on the train and start doing something because sitting there trying to figure out how you're going to buy in a hundred unit apartment building when you have five grand and no experience in the bank, it's not going to be possible. So you have to find another route to get there and it's not going to be a direct straight shoot. (laughs) You're going to have to do some other stuff before you can get up to that level. I love it. Turnkey business owner, apartment investor, Antoine Martel. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Take care, Antoine. Take care. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Antoine Martel. Hey, I hope you got so much value from that conversation. Antoine is such a young guy out there successfully investing across the country. It's just proof that if investing in your market doesn't make sense, don't let that be a hurdle for you. Go invest where the numbers do make sense. If you have any questions or comments or want to look more into any of the resources we mentioned in today's show, you can find those in the show notes or at www.jacobairs.com forward slash 270. Well, till next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.